Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Ready to go, Dano. Throwing everybody a curveball right there. <laughs> you sound a little down. You all right? Everything good? <sighs> Man, everything's good. Yeah, just traffic was heavy. Yeah, I know. Baltimore. Well, I'll talk to you after the show. We may have a solution for all this. So. All right. Poor Joe. I set the guy up. I'm like, hurry, we got to go. I had a listener. Uh, you know, I get viewer. I probably shouldn't do this on the air, but I get a listener email and he complained. He said he lives on the West Coast, so he li- he listens on the way to work. And, mm. you know, a couple of times Joe and I have to do some, well, he does most of the post-processing. So for those of you wondering why it's not the exact same time every day, um, it's because it is a pre-recorded podcast and Joe has to do some work sometimes to get some uh, spots out there. So mm. that's the reason. It's not like we're sitting on our butts uh, roasted marshmallows and schmore. Uh, s'mores every day s'mores s'mores uh joe's actually has work to do he has a couple jobs so that's the reason behind that folks but i do appreciate your feedback and um you know we're doing the best we can do Uh, we try to keep the staff light to keep the costs under control and not make this too expensive for our sponsors okay uh let's get right to it so i got an email yesterday from um a priest father anthony i'm not gonna say his last name but thank you I am. I uh, appreciate your email. It was a great email. And uh, I got a couple other emails, too, from folks yesterday. And this is one of the first times we've done a show in a long time where I have to be honest with you, folks. I feel like I did a, a really awful job explaining something. And maybe it's because I had so much content to get out yesterday mm. that I rushed through the topic. And uh, here's a. Here's where I'm going with this. So a couple of the emails I received, this was not the email from uh, Father Anthony, but a couple other emails. I said, Dan, you got it all wrong with the Tim Ryan, the congressman from Ohio Hmm. line on Fox and Friends, which I thought was entirely disingenuous, where Tim Ryan said, well, we're going to borrow from China to pay for this tax cut. They said you explained it wrong, which mm. I, I didn't. I just didn't explain it enough. But that's my fault. No problem. I appreciate the emails, folks, even the critical ones. They said... What Tim Ryan, the Democrat congressman from Ohio, uh, was referring to was the fact that the CBO is projected that this tax cut bill that's going to go through tomorrow, Mm -hmm. uh, today maybe, or we don't know uh, when it's going to go through actually, but this week, is going to add $1.5 trillion to the deficit. Therefore, that accumulated deficit, additional deficit due to the tax cut is going to have to be borrowed and therefore we would borrow from China. Folks, this was my fault. I assumed most of you are regular listeners, but the truth be told, I feel in for Hannity and Levin, some of you just joined the show last week. That's my fault. The regular listeners know that that's garbage. I don't believe that tax cuts do not cause deficits. Okay, I know some of you are tired of hearing about this topic, but folks, you shouldn't be because this is the very core of the larger 30,000 foot fight right now between liberalism and conservatism. If you don't understand these basic principles, none of the other arguments make sense as evidence. And this is not a knock on the person emailing me, but as evidence by the email I got yesterday from a couple guys saying, hey, you explained it all wrong. The Congressman Ryan was trying to say we're going to go into debt. and We're going to have to borrow money to pay it. That is garbage. Number one, the CBO has not successfully predicted the dynamic effects of a tax cut ever. The CBO blew it on Obamacare. They blew- I disregard, folks, I'm sorry, anything that comes out of the CBO based on pure evidence. They have never gotten this right. Number two, and Joe, you're, I, 
this is up there with the Black Swan thing. Joe has a list of things ah. that drive him nuts about the show, although he does like the book, The Black Swan. I and I used to talk about it all the time, and it was literally driving Joe nuts to the point where he was getting ready to do like a triangle choke on me because he was tired of hearing it. One of the things I know is probably going to drive him nuts, too, because I say it all the time, is I have this chart of the tax tables, which I have only posted on the show notes five or six times. I am going to do it again today for... I, this has got to be six or seven times, but I'm going to do it again today. It is an easy to read, cannot miss chart on the tax tables. It has the year, whatever, 1981, and the amount of money the federal uh, the federal government raised in taxes, and then it breaks it down. It couldn't be any easier to read. You don't need a degree in mathematics. You don't even need a degree in basket weaving to read this. It is so easy to read that... I'm telling you, even like I like Excel and I like spreadsheets, but before I went to business school, I could have looked at this and figured this thing out. Mm-hmm. I am going to post this thing again, and I'm going to pose to you again for like the fifth or sixth time a very simple question. Now, get ready. Get a pen. Put the show on pause. Okay, you're back. <laughs> That's probably, that could have been a minute delay for some people listen straight through. Joe's like, all right, Jack, like Joe's going to put the show up. He's the producer. So I want you to marry this up. Get a pen. These are the years I want you to look at. And I want you to marry this up. I'm going to post these tax tables at Bongino.com and in the show notes. If you subscribe to my email list on my website, I will email you this right to your inbox. There's no excuse. It's on my Twitter feed and it's going to be on my Facebook today as well. Okay. John F. Kennedy, actually, excuse me, Lyndon Johnson. It was a Kennedy tax cuts, but Johnson signed it. I want you to look at the year 1964. Check, Joe. 1964. Writing them down, then. Writing them down. 1964. I want you to look at the year 1981. I want you to also look at the year 1986 under Ronald Reagan. So now we have 64, 81, 1986. I want you to look at in the chart. This may require a little bit of of basic analysis at best, but go to the capital gains tax line in the year 1996 as well. and Look at what happened with capital gains afterwards. So we have 1964, 1981, 1986, Mm -hmm. 1996. Look at capital gains. I want you to look at two more years. I want you to look at 2001, 2003. Go to my website, pull the chart up. I promise you it is not difficult to read, okay? Now, we've got those years. Why are those years significant? This will be on my Facebook as well. I'm the verified page, not the fake Dan Bongino page on Facebook. (laughs) There is a fake. This guy spends his entire time imitating me. I love it. Um, it, Yeah, he does. I'm not kidding. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know if you know this, folks, but Facebook allows people to impersonate you. I'm not kidding. They'll actually allow it. I don't know. We're trying like legally to do something about it, but Facebook won't do anything. But go to my Facebook page and I will lay this out for you as well. So look at 64, 81, 86, 96, 2001, and 2003. Here's the question. Go look at the tax charts. Pull it up. Print it. Keep it on your phone. Whatever you have to do, pull it up on your computer screen. I want you to ask your liberal friends this question. This is going to go to the heart of the email I got. Please show me where government tax revenue went down if there are any of those tax cuts. 64, 81, 86, 96, 2001, and 2003. Just show me. Mm-hmm. Now, I assume the listeners, and many of you have heard this before, but it's important to hear again right now because this thing's going to pass probably today, tomorrow, or the next day. I'm asking you a critical question based on facts and data that are irrefutable. No one's disputing the government tax revenue statistics. I put it, nobody. Not a liberal, not a conservative, not a libertarian, not a Martian, not a Jupiterian, nobody. The statistics are real. 
I'm just asking you to back up your premise. I'm, I, and I'm not knocking the people who email me. I mean it. I sincerely appreciate it because it tells me I didn't explain it well. I'm asking you to show me based on actual real world facts and data about tax revenue where a tax cut. And I gave you the years they happened under Kennedy, Reagan, Clinton and Bush. There's more. There's Coolidge and way back. But this is recent stuff. Relatively recent, going back to Kennedy. I'm asking you, looking at the chart, to marry up those years I gave you and to show me where tax revenue went down, either short term or long term. There have been a blip in a year here during a recession, but there's been no short term or long term effects on tax revenue at all. As a matter of fact, tax revenue has gone up. We've only said this 10,000 times. I'm going to put it on my Facebook, marry it up. It'll be at the show notes today as well. Just highlight the years I just told you. 64, 81, 86, 96, 2001, 2003. Get a highlighter, highlight them. And ask your liberal friends to show you where tax revenue went down. They can't. It never happened. It went up. It went up dramatically. Not after one of them. Not after 64. Not after 81. Not after 86. Not after 96. Not after 2001. Not after 2003. After all of them. It went up after all of them, all, A-L-L, meaning all conclusive, meaning every one. Now, getting back to the email, and I should have said this yesterday. The reason I didn't address Congressman Tim Ryan's silly, ridiculous, non-fact-based, hyperbolic, manipulative, potentially deceptive, lying statement mm. that we are going to have to borrow money. You think that kind of sums it up, Joe? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Adjective-wise, <laughs> right? The reason I didn't address his nonsensical statement about how we're going to have to borrow money to pay for a tax cut was because I assumed that you were listening, you understood that we have never, ever had to borrow money to pay for a tax cut in the history of the United States. Right. We've actually raised more money. How did... Well, how do you borrow money to pay pay for a tax cut that raises more money? Folks, does that make any sense at all? Now, if Tim Ryan, who I think was deceiving you intentionally, wanted to be intellectually honest, and he has no interest in that. He's a smart guy. He's just lying to you. I'm sorry. He's just not telling you the truth. Or he's dumb, and I don't believe that. I don't believe he's dumb. I'm, I'm not calling the guy dumb because he's not. I know he's not. He's just lying to you. If he wanted to be intellectually honest, what he could have said, Joe, is with these tax cuts, we could actually lend money to Russia and China because we would have a surplus <laughs> generated. It's, Joe, would, he, would that not have been true based on the evidence? Yeah. It would have been right. Yeah, baby. Yeah. We got the money, baby. <laughs> You're damn right. We got the money. Yeah. You got that trading places. Yeah. You're a guy. You got that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what he could have said. He would have been honest. Folks. Just go to the table I gave you. It's going to be at Bongino.com. Please get a highlighter. Do yourself a favor. Never leave this behind. Print it up. It's really easy to read. Print it up. Highlight it. These are the years of the tax cuts. Just ask your liberal friends in the office. Ask your liberal friends at dinner. I, oh, I don't want to make enemies <laughs> my liberal friend. Too bad. We're in the fight of our lives here. And just ask them to point out on the table where exactly tax cuts, quote, cost the government revenue. Watch their head spin. They will not be able to. Now you know why I'm so passionate about this. Now you know why. Because I did get an email for a guy. To be fair, I always share with you even the critical emails. Where a guy said, listen, I'm tired of hearing about the tax cuts. I understand. 
But folks, do you understand that once we make a full-fledged effort, messaging-wise, to deconstruct this false narrative that tax cuts somehow, quote, cost the government money, do you realize the entire liberal narrative falls apart? The entire narrative falls apart. Because think about the premise of what they're saying, Joseph. Mm. The liberal narrative is that the government is a force for good in society, correct? Correct. Liberals believe in bigger government because they'll tell you that government is somehow a force for good. That it, it, it said, said even simpler without the unnecessarily uh, SAT-oriented words. Government does good things, therefore we should give it money. Yeah. Simple enough? Yeah. The adjoining corresponding liberal narrative in terms of tax cuts is because government is good mm-hmm. and government needs money to do good things. People should pay taxes to the government, give their money to the government to do said good things. That makes sense? All right. All right. You following? Yeah. If the then third portion of said liberal narrative is therefore tax cuts will starve the government of money and that the government cannot do said good things, then that requires facts and data to show, in fact, that tax cuts will, in fact, cost the government money. But they have no data to show that. I'm giving you the numbers. I'm giving you the numbers. I'm giving you the numbers. (laughs) The numbers are right there. Do you believe in numbers? Any of you? I'm not not insulting my audience. I'm just asking people to think like human beings, to think not like animals. You know, where my, you know, that my mother-in-law's dogs, when she come away, I go, hey, you want the bacon, you know, those bacon strips? You want bacon, bacon? They don't talk like that, but you can see them salivate. (laughs) They start coughing. They love bacon, bacon so much. I'm asking you to think like people. Use reason. If your premise, government good, give government money to do good, tax cuts cost government money, therefore bad. I'm just asking you to prove that last point that tax cuts actually cost the government money. That's a simple thing to ask. Given the data right in front of you, please show me where that's happened. (laughs) You can't do it. You simply can't do it. I am genuinely sorry for having to bring this up for the umpteenth thousandth time. But the entire premise of the liberal ideological war is built on sand. There is no there there. Is it too much to ask? Is it too much to ask to say to liberals, back up what you've told us repeatedly, said on the news, wrote op-ed pieces, Paul Krugman's put out there? Is it too much to ask? Now, they'll torture the statistics over and over. Well, the national debt went up. Correct, because government spending went up. Well, as a percentage of and due to inflation, nonsense, inflation adjusted government revenue still went up under Reagan. Well, the percentage of government revenue went up more when we increased taxes certain years under Bill Clinton. Fine, whatever. That's not the point. The point you made to me, Joe, is tax cuts cost the government money and that's categorically false. The fact that you may have raised the tax here and there and in a good economic time raised some money does not refute the premise that your premise is factually not correct. Your assertion that tax cuts cost the government money is bunk. Yeah, it, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. That was perfect. That was perfect, Tommy. You see, we're getting this thing down. Yeah, we're working it. <laughs> we're working it through. That was, that was, I love the dude. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> that's just like your opinion, dude. And you're just making it up. By the way, some dude wrote on Reddit, and I categorically disagree with this. Mm. There's a guy on Reddit I love, but someone commented on, he, he he loves our show, this guy. I don't know who he is, but he does these Reddit threads. And he said that me and you have an awkward vibe. Really? I don't I don't think our vibe is awkward at all. No, I've no. never heard that ever. Like I get positive evils. Awkward vibe. I love Joe. Joe and I like yeah. know each other like the back of our hands with this show. I, I, whatever. <laughs> I mean, listen, like I said, I put it all out there. You all know me. I share everything with you. It's just we're separated by, you know, a thousand yeah, or yeah, so we miles, t- you know. Exactly. And but that's the thing. Like you I don't think people understand the yeah. inside baseball, the radio industry. When Joe does a radio show at WCBM, he's looking at the host. Mm-hmm. Joe and I don't even do that, and the show still works. Like, we just know. He just knows when I'm quiet. He knows to keep quiet when I'm ranting sometimes. I mean, it's difficult. I just wish you guys understood. Like, we we work this out despite massive technical disadvantages, and it still works, you know? Yeah, on telepathy. Yeah, seriously, man. It's like uh, ESPN. I'm kidding. ESP. I'm joking. It was a joke. Poor joke. I got it. Uh, But (laughs) that's our awkward vibe, right? ESPN, right? I got it. Hey. Just to wrap this up, too, I just want to be clear on this. I am not making the point that government spending is a good thing because I do get some emails, too, and they'll say, well, what are you saying? Tax cuts are good because they give the government more money? I'm not, folks. I'm making a simple, irrefutable, categorically true point right now. You can't show me evidence. You may in the future, but you can't show me evidence as a liberal right now. That your assertion you repeat on the media and op-ed pieces and everywhere else, you can't tell me that you're telling the truth. Because you can't show it, and I can. You can't show me that tax cuts have cost the government money, and I'm going to post that thing again. All right, I have beaten this thing to death. I want to get to another point by Father Anthony. He was, uh, is it Anthony? Yeah, Anthony. Father Anthony, yes. I'll say no more. But I got these two emails, and that was about the borrowing money from China. So just to wrap that up, the reason I'm, I'm not even addressing it is because how do you borrow money to pay for surplus revenue. It's just dumb. You borrow money if you lose revenue, but you can't show me that's happened. That's why I didn't bring it up. So my fault, um, as you know, uh, what was that? Um, have you ever watched The Simpsons? Oh, yeah. Nelson <laughs> Muntz. Remember Nelson Muntz? <laughs> so my fault. My fault. My, remember, I, I love Nelson Muntz. I think he said it once to Bart, and Bart fell out of the tree and broke his arm, and Nelson said, but I said it here. Like he wasn't supposed <laughs> to break his arm. So my bad. I, I will Next time I'll get a little more. But it's nonsense. It's crap. It's made up. It's just not true. That's why I put it out there. That's why I'm so passionate about it. And uh, seriously, my sincere apologies for those of you who've heard this a thousand times, but it, it, the whole liberal argument falls apart when you understand it and and importantly understand it in detail okay uh before we get to father anthony's email today's show brought to you by our buddies at itarget i got a great email and for those of you out there who don't know what itarget is and the website is i the letter i by the way letter itargetpro.com letter itargetpro.com this is one i'm so happy to have these guys on board because again the emails are incredible. I get an email today. I send these on some of them. I get a lot of really good emails, but I send some of them on to uh, the iTarget, the the guys over there, and they love them too. Guy sends me an email this morning. Uh, Folks, I'm not spinning your wheel. I don't make this stuff up. I don't need to, okay? That'd be disingenuous. He's like, listen, here were my scores last week. He's a cop, apparently, and I guess he's out on injured reserve, and he's he said he's you know he's got to requalify and he said listen because I'm out injured I can't get to the range so he said I bought this product he sent me his scores his marksmanship scores through the roof in a week I'm telling you this thing is the real deal now 
Anybody can own a gun. Anybody can fire a gun. Obviously. The real question is, can you fire a gun accurately? That's the question, folks. iTarget Pro will help you get there. What is iTarget Pro? It is a laser bullet that drops in the firearm you have now. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to buy a special gun. You don't have to buy a special barrel. It's the fire. I have a Glock 43, 9mm. You drop the laser bullet right in there. The laser bullet's not going to damage your gun. I get a lot of questions about it. It's going to do damage. It's not going to damage your gun at all. No fear. I've checked with the iTarget guys five, six times of this. It will do nothing. It is perfectly safe to use. You drop it in the barrel, this laser bullet. It comes with a target, the iTarget Pro system. And you're going to download this phone app. It's super simple to use. And it's like a video game with your firearm where you fire at this target. You want to shoot at at five yards. You want to shoot at 10 yards. You want to go in your house, shoot at 20 yards. Every time you depress the trigger, this laser will fire out of your gun onto the target. You see exactly where the rounds go. You practice your trigger control. You practice your sight alignment. You practice your grip. Your firearm marksmanship scores are going to go through the roof. This is an amazing product. Now, I'm going to give you a promo code too, folks. The promo code is not confusing. It's my first name, Dan, D-A-N. Can't get it wrong. Go to itargetpro.com, put in promo code Dan, and they will give you 10% off. That's a big rebate. This is an incredible gift for Christmas for the recreational shooter, the cop, the special operations guy, the military folks, the the just the self-defense enthusiasts, first-time gun owners who are a little afraid to go to the range. The range is expensive. It's great to go. You got to buy the firearms, though. You got to clean your weapon afterwards. Competitive shooters dry fire 10 times more. People do this for a living, then they lie fire. Go check it out, itargetpro.com, promo code DAN for 10% off. I really do love this product. That's uh, that's where the passion comes from in the read. It's never the same read either twice, which is, uh, <laughs> I think they like that. I hope they like All right. So I get this email from Father Anthony, and he said, listen, here's the problem uh, I'm, I'm hearing from, uh, from my liberal friends here. He said, they're saying, well, you know, this tax cut, it's a major cut for corporations, corporate entities, which it is. But corporations are made up of people, folks. It's a cut for people. Uh, if you could tell me what else corporations are made of, the blob, jello, Martians, I'd be happy to entertain it. Mm-hmm. But businesses are made up. I'm not being snarky. I'm just telling you the facts. Corporations consist of people. So it is a tax cut for people. Although the left's argument is that, well, it's a corporate tax cut from 35 to 21% for businesses. And Father Anthony said a lot of his liberal friends are saying, well, a lot of that money is going to be sent overseas. Now, folks, I've addressed this before. And thank you, Father Anthony, for the question. But you're friends, and I know you're a priest, so you have to be a little more delicate than I. I don't have to be. That's an idiotic talking point. And here's why. Two reasons, folks. <laughs> Number one, have you asked your friends, by the way, why money would go overseas? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I'm going to get to the mechanics of the money flow in a second. But have you asked your friends if your point is that we're going to give people a corporate tax cut, but money is still somehow going to flow overseas? Why would it do that? Joe, Mm. let me ask you a simple question. You're a businessman, right? Mm -hmm. You own, let's see, what do I got on my desk today? You own Joe's mouse pads. I got a cool mouse pad here, right? All right. So Joe owns Joe's mouse pads. Joe's mouse pads are a relatively successful business, Joe. Now you have a choice, right? You're coming up on the end of your five-year lease, and someone walks in as a, a business uh, consultant you hired from one of these big consultant firms, right? Yeah. And they walk in, and they say, Joe, I have an idea for our mouse pad company. We are paying currently a 35% tax rate in the United States. It's taken a big bite out of our revenue. We can't pay our employees as much as we'd like. We can't attract good talent. And we're not going to be able to get the next generation of equipment to produce high-tech mouse pads that can work with all kinds of equipment. 
Oh, wow. Thanks. Well, what should we do, Mr. Business hmm. Consultant? Well, I have an idea, Joseph. Yeah. You're, that's very that's very sophisticated. That's your I like that's one of your many voices. Joe, of course, is uh, uh, has multiple personality disorder. He has about twenty two different personalities yeah. which come out of the show. So he says, I have an idea. Mm. Ireland has a twelve point five percent business tax rate, and even though we would have to move the business, the moving costs are relatively uh, nil. Uh, we can go over there and we can save you know twenty plus percentage points on our tax bill. How does that sound to you, Joe? Hmm. Save we can save? We could save a lot of money, Joe. Well, we should save money. Twenty plus percentage points. You like that? How does that sound for your mouse like company? That, Dan. Yeah, you I like do. that a lot. Yes, yeah. I do. That would be like I mean, it depending on the revenue, you're talking about potentially being able to be, you know, buy an entirely new factory floor with the revenue yeah. saved on taxes and all. The point, folks, is that why are businesses leaving in the first place? Right. They're, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That they're chasing international business tax rates that are lower. What, Father? I love you. I, I your email was great. <laughs> I really do. I am. I, I am. I'm Catholic. I. I the priest in my church is great. But the simple question is, why is money going overseas in the first place? Oh, to chase lower tax rates. Oh, you mean what we want to do here to bring money back? What do you think? You think people aren't going to around the world start investing in the United States when they do the same thing in reverse? In other words, Joe. Yeah. Let's say you have, I, I, I you know, you can never say it. I, I don't know. Like you have some dude in China. Right. I don't know what his name is. Bobby. Who cares? You have Bobby in China. Yeah, Bobby in China. Right. Yeah. Bobby has the the corresponding competitor to Joe's mousepad company. Bobby's mousepad company in mm. China. That, He's doing the exact same thing Joe is. When he finds out that the tax rate in in, a, in the United States, one of his biggest markets, is now dropping 15 points, all of a sudden he's doing the same thing going, hmm, he's doing the, the here's the head scratch. The head scratch oh. again. Someone sent me that. The listeners are great. They send everything. Everything you ask, they send. I swear, if we started asking for free stuff, they'd start sending it to our house. You guys are awesome and ladies out there. But we wouldn't do that, by the way. But it's funny nonetheless. The guy in China, Bobby's mouse pads, is doing the same thing. Do you get it, Joe? He's yeah, like, wait, sure. wait, wait. We can now get a 15 percentage point decrease in the tax rate if we move to the United States. So, folks, premise number one, yeah. that money's leaving to go overseas is the point. So when your liberal friends ask you that, say, well, isn't money going to leave overseas to be stored? Yes, that's the point. Yeah. Like to keep the money here. Money's leaving because it's chasing lower tax rates. Ah, uh, that's what we're doing. Lowering tax rates. Ding, 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 ding. I mean, you would think at some point bells would go off. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they don't. Folks, there's another point here from the economic cash flow perspective. I said this multiple times on the show and forgive me again for our Listeners, by the way, how many listeners out there do you think have listened to all 615 episodes? What do you say? The 5% maybe? That would be a bit. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. But if you want, download. The, they're really good, folks. I'm just saying that because it's our show. The original shows are funny, too. Joe and I were feeling the show out. Go back and listen. They're great. Download them. They're a lot of fun. Um, one of the things I bring up often is U.S. dollars, folks. Literally, U.S. dollars, whether electronically transmitted or physical dollars. Mm-hmm. Cannot be spent in foreign countries. I'm not talking about black markets. The U.S. dollars can be spent anywhere to buy drugs and work in black markets. We get that. I'm talking about as an official currency of a country. 
And by the way, that black market speaks more to the failure of other countries to emulate the U.S. economy. But that's a whole other day's topic, right? Mm. Even that works for us. But mm. the U.S. dollars cannot be spent in China. So I say to Father Anthony, when money leaves, even if it does leave to go to China, that that money goes to buy, say, you know, j- say in Joe, your mouse pad company, right? The inputs, let's say the rubber, like this mouse pad I have is a back of rubber here that keeps mm-hmm. it from moving around. You've seen, you all seen a mouse pad before. Let's say Joe has a supplier for rubber in China because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Joe only has U.S. dollars. Joe buys that from imports it into the country. The Chinese company that gets the dollar, you may say, well, Dan, you're wrong. They're just going to convert it to Chinese currency. Right. And what do you think happens to the dollar? You think someone burns it? Folks, when somebody buys a product from overseas and they convert it to that domestic currency, the dollar doesn't go anywhere. Somebody in that foreign country in China goes and grabs that dollar to do what? To buy something back from the United States. That dollar can't be spent in China. Do you see what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah. You, when you convert the... <laughs> yeah. That's Paula's favorite Joe, yeah, by the way. She thinks that one is the funniest one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she loves that one. Uh-huh. When the dollar goes over there, it can't be spent in China. The Chinese rubber producer converts it to renminbi, the, 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 the Chinese currency. All right. That's right. <laughs> and then that dollar has to, it doesn't get burned. It doesn't get melted. It doesn't get shipped off to a, uh, another universe. Somebody else in China has to acquire it. Mm-hmm. So the bank in China says to a Chinese, uh, let's say that uh, Bobby's mouse pads gets ink from the United States. He then has to convert his Chinese currency, Joe, to dollars. He goes and gets that dollar and invests it where? Back in the United mm-hmm. States. The folks, the point of all this whole thing is, is money doesn't escape overseas. It just sits there temporarily. Ironically, it's the corporate tax cut, which is incentivizing and is going to incentivize a lot of these companies holding dollars overseas. They can't spend there. To do what? To bring it back here. This is why I'm telling you, like, to be a liberal. And I'm sorry, I'm really not trying to make this personal. But it is. It is. It is, it is personal in a way. Mm-hmm. To be a liberal requires you to knowingly mislead people about how economics and finance works. Or I'm, I'm sorry, folks, to be really dopey. You just don't know what you're talking about. And I really do appreciate Father Anthony sending that in because I, I'm not explaining this well either. That's my job. If you all listen to me, hopefully to learn something. I read, I, this is my entire job is to produce information for you. If I'm not clarifying stuff, that is my fault. And I am deeply sorry I did not explain that better. Number one, money leave, flees overseas in the first place because corporate tax rates overseas are lower. Number two, even money that does flee cannot be spent over there, has to come back and will come back when the corporate tax rates here are lower because then they'll chase the lower rates here. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Well, we've because talked it, about this a number of times as well. Yeah. Oh, well, gosh, repeatedly on the show. I yeah. mean, we have brought this up, oh, man, so many times. I, I get, you know, I get it. I get it how some people who are regular listeners mm-hmm. are like, but but this is this goes back to the heart of the, the argument. I mean, we opened up the show that 
Folks, when you understand these bigger ideological fights at 30,000 foot level, tax cuts haven't cost the government money. U.S. dollars cannot be spent overseas. They have to come back, whether it's in the form of the Chinese buying debt, Chinese business owners buying U.S. products, sitting over there for a while until we lower rates. The arguments always work in our favor. One of the things that Democrats can never do is they can always invent the talking point, but they can never invent the truth. Ever. The truth is on our side, not theirs. We own the truth. They own the focus groups. That's a fact. <laughs> By the way, one quick note, kind of off topic. I, you know, I like to break up the show once in a while so that I'm not constantly bombarding you with stuff. Give you a minute to digest all that. So I filled in for Hannity yesterday, and uh, Lauren's up there, and I, I do the first segment of the show, and that's always the roughest one because you got to set up the whole show. And I'm done, and Lauren's like, "Oh my gosh, you can't do that anymore." I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> You know how on the podcast we do these, and you, Joe, this will mean a lot because you're in the radio industry. You know we do these pregnant pauses a lot on the yeah. podcast, mm-hmm. just like that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I do them on the podcast. One because I talk fast and I want to give you time to process the information, but two because I want you know it. I don't do it for so much for effect. It's just how I think. You know, I want to give you time to think about it. And I want to think about it too, and let that that, that stew a bit. She's like, you what? She goes, one time you pause for like, f- you know, four or five seconds, and what do you? Th- I mean, for for production, what do you think she was thinking? She thinks the, the connection went down, <laughs> so she's like, you had the engineers here freaking out. So just kind of a funny like inside base. You know what I'm talking about, right, I Joe? Sure do. Like yeah. when you're with Chuck, if you know Chuck is the traffic guy at Joe's station. If if Joe if Chuck doesn't say anything for four seconds, Joe's going, guys, guys, four yeah. seconds in eternity. Where Where's Chuck? The connection go down? <laughs> so she's like, don't do that. And I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. But th- you know, I, sometimes I, when you're podcasting, you forget that mm-hmm. this is not, uh, you know, me and Joe don't have to worry about the connection going. There's no connection. So we don't, that's not a problem <laughs> at all. No. Yeah, that was just a funny tidbit. All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Hold on. I got to pull this up, this label, because I am absolutely in love with this new product. It is Seriously, it's the greatest thing ever. The product is called Field of Green, uh, Field of Greens. I almost, I almost screwed that one up. Here's a picture of the label of this stuff, and I bring this up because I was using another uh, fruit and vegetable powder before, and I found out from Miles, the owner of Brickhouse Nutrition, which I didn't know, and the doc when I was talking to him on the phone because they have fantastic uh, product designers who are deeply embedded in the medical and science field over at Brickhouse Nutrition. These guys are on the cutting edge of everything. They have foundation, dawn to dusk, amazing products. But I think Field of Greens is going to turn out to be their best seller ever. There are a lot of fruit and vegetable powders out there. You probably heard some of the commercials and, you know, that's fine. But a lot of them, folks, are based on just concentrated garbage stuff. This is actual ground up food, like actual food. Let me read to you some of this stuff. And, and folks, let's be honest. Do you have time to eat all this stuff every day? Do you have time to go out and, and what they say, like eat from the rainbow? An orange, a blueberry, a red apple. Do you have time? That, that's what you're supposed to be doing. No. These chemicals are going to dramatically increase your health and well-being. These, these micronutrients, these macronutrients. Nobody disputes the fact that fruits and vegetables are good for your health. Nobody. No sensible person. But let's be honest. We don't do it. Here's some of the ingredients. Joe, do you have, you got, by the way, have you got this yet from Miles? You haven't, right? No. Mm-mm. Miles, if you're listening, please send, this, it, please send some to Joe. Folks, I know you're thinking too, like, oh gosh, fruit and vegetable powder, that's got to taste horrible. Try it. Try it. It is terrific. It's got like a berry taste to it. Here's just some of the stuff. Here's the greens. 
spinach powder, parsley powder, kale powder, barley grass powder, wheatgrass powder, spirulina, chlorella powder, green pepper, apple powder. It goes on. Joe, you uh, you have time to eat all that? You don't yeah. even know what half that stuff is. No. <laughs> this is good. He does. Joe's a smart guy. I'm just messing with you. Prebiotics in there. Here's the fruit, uh, the fruit blend. Strawberries, organic raspberry, organic blueberry, organic tart cherry, organic pomegranate, organic cranberry, and organic beet. Metabolic blend, organic ginger powder, organic licorice powder. Folks, come on. Where do you think you're going to get all that? If you went shopping in the store for all that, you'd be gone for five hours. Mm. You, what are you going to do? You're going to grind it up? The answer is no. Brickhouse Nutrition's already done it for you. Now, here's my blend because I really like this stuff. But you can put it in whatever you want. Orange juice. You want to put it in cranberry juice. You want to put it in water. Do when I put it in your oatmeal. Whatever you want to do. Knock yourself out. I put it in a mixture of super strong green tea, V8, and I mix that in there and I put a little collagen powder. I call it my long life cocktail. I love it. It is awesome. And it's good. I'm, it tastes good. It ta- Joe, I'm ta- you know what you taste? You get a lot of the cherry and a lot of the licorice mm, in there. Okay. It is, it's, it's, it, the powder's green though, because it's a lot, a lot, of, a lot of green in there, a lot of green uh, chem- phytochemicals and stuff like that. But this is good, good stuff. Folks, please go pick it up. Uh, Miles, if you're listening, I need more too because my wife and I are crushing it. We're, I'm drinking <laughs> it twice a day. It's called Field of Greens. It's available here at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Go try it out. Field of Greens. The stuff is terrific. All right. I spent so much time in that first topic. I had four more topics I wanted to get to. Um, I'm not sure which one uh, we should cover next. I usually label them. You know, there's. A, I'll tell you this, though, just to kind of preface tomorrow's show. There is a story I'm going to talk about tomorrow. An article written by a guy named Rich Rick Logis or Logis, forgive me, I don't know how to say his last name. It was sent in by a listener about why Democrat policies fail. I know that's a bland milk toast title. Mm. Spectacular piece, spectacular. I may include it in today's and tomorrow's show notes, but I got to talk about it because it requires a. It, this is a. This is a. This one cannot be done in fifteen minutes. It's so good. All right, let's get to this other one. I'm still getting emails about this net neutrality thing. And I, I when I was hosting for Hannity yesterday, I had a caller. And the 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 core of what the caller was trying to say, he actually hung up before he got on the air. But when you're doing radio, they put in a little summary, as Joe knows, of what right. the caller's going to talk about. So you're not just blindsided like, hey, Joe, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about ninjas. <laughs> what? The show's about <laughs> Obamacare. So in the in the call box, it said, uh, caller says you're wrong about net neutrality. You know, government has to get involved because Internet service providers, could, if they don't, Internet service providers can block content. OK, again, let's folks, let's do reason. Now, in the caller's defense, he hung up so he doesn't get to defend himself. But too bad he hung up. That's his problem. I made the point yesterday and I'll make today. So you're arguing to me as a liberal or some conservatives even who support this net neutrality scam that if the government doesn't regulate the Internet, that the internet service providers, people who literally provide the connections to your house, can block access to websites, right? <laughs> that's, that's been out there over and over. That's what the caller said. I've gotten, I don't know, 25, 30 emails from people. Dan, you're crazy. This is These ISPs, these internet service providers are going to control the internet. They're going to block access. What if they block access to a Republican website? Ah, the world is going to end. Folks. Boy, here's one of those pregnant pauses. Lauren's not like, if she listens to my podcast, she's not liking this even right now. 
There's an article in the Wall Street Journal today. I'm going to put it in the show notes and people hate it because it's probably subscriber only. But regardless, you can read the first couple paragraphs for free. It is, it's, it's incredible. I will give to you the information in case you can't read it. Here it is. Here's the takeaway. So you're, again, your premise is that internet service providers are going to block websites. Folks, who's really blocking access out there? You sure it's the ISPs? Let me throw some numbers out to you about content providers and Google. <laughs> Joe, Facebook and Google, ad revenue, right? Yeah. Ad revenue. In other words, people who advertise in the internet. Mm-hmm. What percentage outside of China, forgetting China for a minute because they they their internet is controlled. Outside of China, what percentage of ad revenue do you think Facebook and Google vacuum up? Holy cow. Would you say 50%? I was going to say 60 I would say no, but you're close. 84%. Holy So just to be clear, folks, now you may say, well, where's this going? Just roll with me for a second, folks. Rock and roll with me for a few moments here, right? So Google and Facebook currently, I'm not attacking them. I'm just giving you the numbers outside of China. Currently vacuum up 84% of all ad revenue on on the interwebs, as Stephen Crowder calls it, (laughs) on the internet, right? It's a joke. That's a pretty big number. I would almost call that, if I was a liberal, a monopoly. But I'm not a liberal, so I don't believe in monopolies. Liberals do. Second number. Google. What percentage of online searches do you think are run through Google? Would you say 50%, 70%, or 90%? I'd say 90%. You would be right. Ding, ding, ding. Joe right. is right again. He's on a roll. He's like 10 for 10 this week. Google currently vacuums up 90% of online searches. For the liberals out there, that means 9 out of 10 people are searching online using Google. 90 out of 100. That's a lot. 900,000 out of a million. That's a whole lot. Finally, from the Wall Street Journal piece. Facebook. This is where the, but let me just preface this last statistic here. So now we've set up near monopolies using liberal terminology in their own arguments on ad revenue, mm-hmm. monopolies on web searches. Mm-hmm. This is where the zinger comes in. So the liberals' big beef is that the internet service providers, Joe, they're the ones who are going to block content. They're gonna, you're going to die. They're going to block content to the local hospital and you are going to die. Thousands of Americans would die. <laughs> Play that again. Thousands of Americans would die. <laughs> Uncle Bernie never gets old, right? <laughs> no. That's real. Joe didn't edit that. I mean, we, ed- we th- but that's a real statement yeah. for Bernie's dead. I, who even? And the funny thing is, Joe, I know we. I gave you that cut, mm-hmm. but I really have no idea what that's about. Obamacare attack because you're going to die with everything. For all I know, Bernie could have been talking to play it again. Net neutrality, Bernie. What's your answer? Thousands of Americans would die. Bernie on taxes. What's going to happen? Thousands of Americans would die. Bernie on Obamacare. What's going to happen? Thousands of Americans would die. On school choice, Bernie. What's going to happen? Thousands of Americans would die. On regulations, Bernie. What's going to happen? Thousands of Americans would die. On the waters of the United States rule, Bernie, what's going to happen? Thousands of Americans would die. Of course, that's what's going to happen. That's how it's going to roll. So yes, the sad thing is I have no idea what he was actually talking about because thousands of Americans will die for everything. But here's the kicker on this one. The net neutrality beef is that you're going to die and that ISPs are going to block traffic. Here's the final statistic, right? Facebook, Joe, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. What percentage of people would you say exclusively get their news from Facebook, YouTube, 
Twitter, and Instagram? Would you say 50%? No. Would you say 70% or would you say 95%? I, I would have said 70 you would have. Yeah. And you'd be wrong. It's 95%. Oh! 95% oh! of people that what you would call a complete monopoly get their news from Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Websites, I'm not criticizing them. I'm a free marketeer. Don't take this the wrong way. You have Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, you're free to do whatever you want. But the point of the matter, Joe, is... They are controlling what you see, not the ISPs. What's wrong with you? That's you, staggering, man. That, that, that is, and you know what's, you know what's. I, I know you were giving me an honest answer, yeah. but usually when I'm when Joe and I mess around, like I, Joe knows what I'm talking about. I mean, the audience may not get this, but Joe knows when to answer wrong and when to answer right. Like he'll answer wrong sometimes <laughs> intentionally because it's funny, and then he'll answer right. He was. Tr- I, I'm telling you, he was trying to give the right answer. There. I was. Yeah, he was not like jerking around for effect. The, the funny thing is, I even set him up. And he still gave the wrong answer. And I guarantee you, 99% of Americans would say the same thing. No way, 95%. No, that's the number. 95% of people get their news, almost exclusively, I should say, from Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. That is staggering. And you're worried about ISPs blocking content? Folks, Facebook blocks Facebook block blocks content right now. There was a big scandal over that. Republican uh, Congresswoman Marsha Blackburn, who ran that uh, that political ad that talked about Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Folks, Google it. You think I'm making this up? That's a joke, right? Google it. Google it. <laughs> 90% of you will using Google. <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny. It's just a fact, right? Google it. Marsha Blackburn's political ad about Planned Parenthood was banned by Twitter. So liberals, uh, let me just wrap this up because we got to run. I'm simply trying to suggest to you that, again, your arguments are not supported at all by what's actually going on. You can't show us any actual cases of blocked content through ISPs that were not retail wholesale disputes or no less some epidemic of it. But I can show you right now non-ISPs blocking content who own the market on content and the money generated from it right now, and yet you have nothing to say about that. Folks, that makes you either a glowing hypocrite, like radioactive glowing, like Slimer from Ghostbusters, (laughs) or it makes you a liar. I'm sorry. There is no third option. I'm just asking you to tell people the truth. If If your premise here as you would prefer government to run and control and regulate the internet, just say it. But don't lie to us about how this is all about, you know, ISPs who are blocking content when you know that's not true, that the content control is coming from content creators. It has very little, if anything, to do with ISPs. Don't be a phony. All right, folks, please don't miss tomorrow's show. Um, really, this is a, a th- and thank you to the listeners who sent it in. It's going to be a really good piece. I'm going to cover it. It's going to open really Really open your eyes about hard, uncomfortable facts about just how awful Democrat policies have been for a large swath of Americans. It's a great piece. All right, folks, I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.